When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Battled around and it is Hoiberg saving the day. Hoiberg with a flip and bounds to Wiltshire, puts it up. Ball hits the head of uh, another save by Hoiberg, and the left-handed layup is good. Sam Hoiberg in an and one. Great basketball game in Lincoln on Saturday. Another great event took place as well Saturday how good, night. How good has he been, by the way? Sam Hoiberg? Yeah. Uh, let's just say he may be the scrappiest player in all of college basketball because that dude wants to involve himself in every play whenever he steps on the floor. And, boy, do, does preaching and teaching active hands do justice when it comes to watching a guy like Sam Hoiberg play basketball. Fell in love with him watching Pius play Bellevue West and and a fairly difficult game a couple of years ago at Bellevue West. And I was like, and I just remembered watching him in his brother's frame. I was like, ah, oh, these guys are yoked. And a couple of days later, he was saying, told me that that was the this is the first program at Pius where they had ever gotten into lifting. And I was like, really? You guys had some nice little frames to start with and for guys that haven't lifted. And that core strength serves him well, being a smaller guy. He's so dang shifty. He takes care of the basketball because he's, he's low to, to the get gr- to the rack. No, no. Not he's, one bit. He may not be the biggest guy on the floor, but he'll play like the biggest guy on the floor. And I'm telling you, my man is yoked. Like, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Gets it in. But at night, the Team Jack Gala took place – in Lincoln at the uh, Cornhusker Marriott Hotel, I think is uh, the name of the building, and it was it was a a moving event. It's unbelievable. We'll just, we'll just say that because the amount of money that they raised, I couldn't believe it. I I said to to people at my table there, I, I you know I attend a lot of trivia nights with silent auctions and some other charitable events with with silent auctions. I don't think I've ever seen a silent auction that loaded with great um, baskets, items, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, than the Team Jack fundraiser. And boy, did they raise some money, too. I don't know the exact amount, but uh, I can at least say this. Whenever they went around the room at the end of the night and said, who's just willing to donate? Nothing on the line, right? You don't get anything mm-hmm. back for your investment here. Team Jack was able to raise... Sixty thousand dollars in that room mm-hmm. by the night's end, just just right there, and that doesn't even include all, all of the things that they gave away live auction and silent auction. That's just that one little portion. But outside of it being a fantastic event for a, a fantastic cause, uh, at the event were some pretty notable names. Alex Smith spoke at the event, and that was kind of unique at first until I, I found out his story. I didn't realize his his daughter, I believe his six-year-old, six, seven-year-old daughter uh, was diagnosed with brain cancer last year. And uh, I believe, if I remember the story correctly, uh, the, they removed the tumor, but then residual uh, 
tumor cells were present, so they have to go through another round of, I don't know if it's chemo or radiation or whatever, uh, but he spoke about that and his journey, like coming back from his leg injury and thinking like, wow, like this is, this is tough versus now seeing like what his daughter has to go through. Um, other former Huskers were there. Uh, Rex Burkhead was there. Other other big yeah. names. He, he he was the original. He had the great relationship with Jack. I remember him seeing that event a couple of years, and we had Jim Kelly um, as the keynote speaker. And if you ever want like perspective, just listen to somebody. Again, Jim Kelly compared it to his journey, missing part of his mouth and half his tongue, and to what his son was going through and it's like man well it affects you differently when it's your oh, offspring no, what what 100% it's it's just a fantastic event it's legendary yep and Cam Jurgens was back after going to the Super Bowl Kenny Bell was there just a lot of names but then the Nebraska coaching staff again was present somewhere mm-hmm. and we we talk about it a lot on this show about how invested they are into the community and how involved they are in recruits' lives and their team and their players' lives and you know it, all of all of that jazz. But until you live it, you can only like speak it so much. So it was it was refreshing for me to actually see it in the flesh. Coach Rule was there, Coach White was there, Coach Dvorak was there, Omar, Omar was Omar there. Else, yeah. um, other members of that staff were there um, in, like, director roles. Um, Trev Alberts was there. Ted Carter was there. A lot of big – the governor was there. Mm-hmm. So it, being able to, to watch and interact with, with some of these coaches, in the, like I say, in the flesh was good for me. And, you know, I, I crossed paths with Coach Dvorak uh, in the bathroom. I was walking in. He was walking out, and I kind of just uh, – awkwardly standing in the bathroom doorway, talked to him a little bit about how uh, we were just talking about him on our show and how much he loves football, and that's what we gauged, at least from him. And I could really see that he didn't want to be anywhere else in that moment. And I thought, wow. Meaning you had his full attention? I had his full attention. And I'm like, wow, you know, in the midst of this event, you're probably thinking a bunch of different things. Why is this weird kid accosting me in the the bathroom? Um, But he didn't. He, he wanted to hear what I had to say, and then he was willing to, to converse with me. But the biggest takeaway that I had, DB, and again, we'll talk to Brady Oltmans here in a few moments, but I wanted to get to this story before we did, was talking to Coach White after the fundraiser was over. I saw him walking out with his son, T3, and... Oh, you guys are cool now. Oh, yeah. T3. That's how he introduced him. So I'm like, man, I, I will never forget that. Um, yeah, t- me and Tony White are boys. No, but... I introduce myself, and I have an easy icebreaker, right? It's, hey, I, I have this morning show in Omaha with Damon Benning. You probably have at least heard his name once or twice um, just with that program or with Coach Rule. No, no, uh, and no. he's like, oh, yeah, I know Damon. Him and no. Coach Rule are best buds. No, and, right. uh, no he didn't say that, no. but uh, I can fluff the story a little bit. And I was just talking with, with Coach White and – here are the three things that I took away from my conversation. Relationship building is one. I know we use that term a lot whenever we describe this coaching staff, but 
this is someone that genuinely cares. It's, it, I got in the car and drove home with Ashley, and I said, There's no one, it's no wonder why people or, or kids want to play for this team, for this staff, for this guy. It's because you never, you're never worried about not getting return fire. Does that make sense? Like he's not going to ever just say shake your hand and like move forward and, and not treat you the same as he's going to treat somebody else on the street. Like he's always going to be there to return fire with questions or answers from him to one to get to know you mm-hmm. and vice versa. I never felt a wind uh, of the fact that he was ever going to not make me a priority in that conversation. The second thing I used the term already but was invested. He never lost eye contact. He never seemed disinterested. He asked questions about my personal life and wanted to know the next time that I'd be up in Lincoln. Can you can you imagine just asking somebody that like, hey, when's the next time you're going to be up there? Like, I'd love to, I'd love to talk and get like continue like our conversation. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to show up at practice like, you know, March 20th, first day or whenever you know media members can first show up. It's wide open. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to show up as much as I can because I want to get to know you guys in this team. And he's like, he's like, let me, let me know when you're coming back up. What coach says that? Mm. I know I'm a media member in town and not just like some average Joe, but like even for me, like what coach tells a media member like, hey, hey, let me know when you're back. And then the last thing that I wanted to, to say is he mentioned Nebraska nice, which is something that kind of like stuck with me because a question I had for him, I didn't, I didn't want to ask him a football question like, man, you know, Coach Dvorak said your or defense is chaotic. Like, tell me why you think it's chaotic. I'm like, we don't need to talk football right now. Like, mm-hmm. let's get to know each other. And I asked him, what, what's the biggest change from coming over to New York to Nebraska? And he goes, the people are a heck of a lot nicer here. And I'm like, oh, no kidding. And then his son chimes in and goes, oh, you have no idea. And it's a real thing because, I mean, I visited New York a couple of times, and people in New York aren't as nice. But what I took away from that was he never let the negative world, like, enter his life when he was up in Syracuse. Like, he he was doing his thing. He did it his way. And and none of the... I'm better than you vibes or, or hey, I'm, Didn't you I'm love it it, Don't you love his, like, his cadence? Like his delivery is real. It, it never came out like that. And uh, it, it's just something that it's easily picked up on. He, it was like he wasn't playing me, right? Yeah. It, he was there for the conversation. And I walked out, like I said, of that conversation. The rest of the night, I couldn't think of anything else outside of the fact of like, wow, I can't wait to make my way back up there. Mm-hmm. To not only just talk to him, but to talk to everybody else up there. Like that's just, that's a small sample size of what the staff is. I'm telling you. And it's, and it's by design. It's not by chance. I mean, he, in the same vein, you get guys that are, authenticity is always what I talk about, right? So I pit him against a guy like Coach Coop. They're, they're polar opposites in their delivery. Croup's high energy. He, you know, he's kind of a lover. He's a, an encourager. He's super confident. And you can feed off of that. And then you pit that against a guy that still is a lover, is all about kids, but a much different delivery style, right? So when you need to reach different kinds of kids with the same staff, you need to have a similar vision even though they have different personality traits. That's where common language matters. That's where being on the same page matters. Because they're two different, completely different people. 
And the cool thing is, just like on a personal note, it's like it it works, right? Because I have a kid that <coughs> um, loves the hay, the like the energy, right? But in the same vein, he also likes just to be able to sit down and have a one-on-one conversation. So when you can tag team it with a guy like Super Coop and 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 Coach White in terms of their personalities to mm-hmm. talk defense. You're getting the best of both worlds for a, for for a personality, and I'm telling you, I just think he built. It's totally intentional. It's totally intentional they, how he built. They the leave staff. you with the feeling of I can't wait to go back. You know, can you imagine just me saying that and now put put a recruit in my shoes? Yeah, they're thinking the same thing. It's not. It's not that this because I'm a a media member in town talking to a coach that he, he's he's just like building me up so that I say nice things about him. If if I didn't want to say nice things about him, I don't have to. So you just, so remember last week and I somebody had the great gif where they tweeted back to me go a con- uh, after DB has a conversation with somebody that holds his interest it's like and I think the gif said are we best friends. See, that's what I was saying like when they talk to you it's almost like are we that cool? Are we that that's how I felt, man. <laughs> See, now I you felt. know. <laughs> and I get it. And uh, until you experience it, I, I'm it, 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 it sounds like I said, it sounds like a lot of fluff, but if you ever get the chance to experience something like this with this staff, you'll say the same thing. What I tell you, I was like, I, are there cameras around? Am I on candid camera? Like, I, it's not a DB. And I try to tell people that. It's not, it's not a... No, it's not. It's like I could see through the BS, right? Like I know if it's not legit. I've done this forever. Like I know, and I'm just telling you, you feel different when they talk to you. It's and it weird. I'm not gonna lie, it weirds me out a little bit. But I've said this out loud before, right? Right. I constantly second guess these conversations because they shouldn't go like that between strangers. No. Just not one bit. Just shouldn't, but it does. Let's change gears. Let's talk to Brady Oltman. We can continue the conversation with him. He's on StreamYard with us now. Brady, I don't know how much you caught of that story as you kind of sat back and, uh, you know, took whatever in that, that you can. But uh, I was just telling a little bit about my first interaction with Coach Wyatt and Coach Dvoracek. And, I, you know, I guess I'll ask you the same thing because for, for a, a lot of us that are, you know, heavily involved with this team, this program, it's easy to kind of just regurgitate what we hear, right? Oh, big relationship building, like they're in it, they're not in it, not just in it to win it, but in it for the player, in it for the that next recruit. Do you have a similar experience? Like, it, can you echo a lot of stuff that we're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there have been a couple of times where I've reached out to, you know, e- email even administrative staff members, you know, people that Matt Rule brought in, not only on the coaching side, but just kind of, you know, in the, the, the administration side of football. And within a couple of minutes, you know, they'll email me back. Uh, they text me back. Uh, if I have a, a question, a point of a point of clarification, or even just, you know, asks about, you know, are you cheering for the Eagles in the Super Bowl kind of thing? And they're like, of course, you know, because some of them are from Philly and coached with him at Temple. Um, they're they're big people builders. It's not just hearsay and, and coach speak that you get out of there. They're they're very fundamental relationship built people, and they'll they'll talk to you like a person and not like a, a media apparatus or or something like that. Brady, be honest. There was there a point in time where you you had to check with yourself and say. 
Maybe too good to be true isn't exactly it, but you want to do so. You want to take some self inventory and say, am, "Am I being gullible here, or is this really how you guys are?" Like, did you do that? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. and I've kind of that being a small town Nebraska guy, you know, you kind of check yourself. Like, if somebody's being that nice to you right away, you kind of have, you know. Uh, just a, a knee-jerk reflex like is this guy playing me you know like is he trying to get something out of me kind of thing and and especially like with the media coaching thing uh, there's always kind of that point of separation where like you want to be close with them you want to have a good re working relationship with them but it's easy if they try to like spin you on something and you kind of buy into it um so you kind of have to have a healthy little distance to it so yeah i mean i, I approached it that way but you still at the end of the day you know they're they talk to you like a person and you kind of like, you know, um, even, even with that, the arms length separation, you still kind of feel like, okay, no, they care. Like this isn't just a, a coach media thing. They, they truly care. We're talking to Brady Oltman, Nebraska football and recruiting reporter for Hale Varsity. And if you want to sign up for a Hale Varsity subscription, you can do so by using the promo code DB or AR. DB gives you that yearly discount ar gives you that monthly discount and you can check out articles that brady and uh, the rest of the hail varsity team writes brady take us down the recruit watch train because i i, I know that that's kind of uh your premier focus at least just in a lot of articles outside of the fact that you wrote a ton about you know each positional group but i want to take this this aspect first because with dylan rayola in town over the weekend um Figuring out if he's next is what people really want to know. But outside of Rayola, who's next on your list or Nebraska's list in this case? What baskets do they have their hands in and what can be expected? Well, it's kind of – I can't remember who I was talking with about it, but we kind of got to talking, does Nebraska get a commit before, you know, the, the VIP junior day um, and the, the big group that they've got coming in uh, – right about the first week of spring ball. And I kind of thought naturally you tend to say no, but the way that this coaching staff is really aggressive on the recruiting trail, you thought, you know, there might be a, just a random kid from Texas or something that commits. And sure enough, you know, they, they get uh, Roger um, down there at, at Rice consolidated last, I guess it'll be last week now. Um, and I think they're going to continue to kind of, especially once the dead, recruiting dead period kind of opens up they're going to be a little bit more active with it and they're not going to rest on their loyals and wait until that vip junior day um the next individual guy that kind of catches my eye is ian flint uh they've been really aggressive um knowing that he is a priority of uh, trying to build that relationship and obviously his sister throws um throws at nebraska on the track team so they've got a good relationship there uh you know, their dad is a former Nebraska trackster. So there's a lot of uh, connection there. And I think you, you see that in some of the, the Texas pipeline or Texas high school guys that they want to get in. And then obviously the Bellevue West standouts, Isaiah McMorris has got plenty of visits, Nebraska included. Um, Davon Hall would be on that list as well. And then obviously Damon knows they're, they're seriously looking at kids from West side. So it's, they're, They've got their hands in, you know, spread out all over the place, all over the map. But um, I don't think that that means that they're they want to get them all, basically. Unfortunately, and fortunately, because yeah. what you what you said early on, it's like you want to keep a healthy distance. And I swear I've tried, but I'm like all in, right? And I am a part of the media, I guess. 
which is hard for me because I do the the radio broadcast, right? So as the play-by-play voice or the color voice, it's like, yeah, you've, you're on the Homer network, but when it's your kid involved, that's not my deal, right? Like I have to draw that separation. We just put together his schedule last week and – of, you know, he's one of those guys that is now going down on March 25th. I tried to guard against it. Uh, I did not win that battle. Nebraska staff greater than dad, uh, which we'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, so he's <laughs> got to be down there on the 25th, too. And I'm looking at I'm looking at that, that March 25th day, Brady. What do you think it was about gathering the momentum real time that has made that such the weekend, especially this early in spring? Well, it's it kind of runs with the theme of what this coaching staff does with recruiting. I mean, Matt Rule comes in and immediately hits the ground run and they he offers, you know, like two offers within the first 24 hours. And one of them is Jalen um, out of Westside. And they ultimately get him to sign and, and come to Nebraska uh, that that recruiting gains steam as you get more guys, you build more excitement. Sure, they're undefeated right now, you know, which everybody is at this point in the offseason, but it, there's the energy is still there. And then I think the other big domino that comes in is once you get the number one overall recruit in the country set is, you know, lock in a visit and be there. Other guys want to play with a cali- with that kind of caliber of athlete. Um, and if it's if Nebraska is of a, a, a a big enough draw for him enough to get on his radar and take a visit. They say, well, maybe it's good enough for me too. So they've, they are attracted to that. They want to kind of be in that same, in that same pot. A lot of kids are coming that same weekend. They'll be around each other. They'll get to talk and it just, you know, competition breeds success, sharp iron sharpens iron. And it's just kind of one of those things that once that ball gets going, it's, it's tough to get it to stop. So they're, and I think getting it right at the beginning of spring ball is big too. You get that momentum going, it kind of stirs the pots, kind of stirs maybe the players that are still in the program because they get to see the kids and they get to you know, feed off that energy a little bit. And then it's only a week before the spring game and then the fans get to feed off that energy too. Talking recruiting is one of my favorite things to do with you, man. Um, and, you know, a, a question that – or not really a question. It's somebody that we really didn't even get to talk about all too much when his offer did come was Tory Pittman III. Uh, and the spotlight has not escaped the eighth grader uh, here in our backyard, which could be looked at as one of the more crazier offers in a good way that has been given so He's far. Um, is offering somebody – so talented this young really that crazy anymore though because it seems no matter how old you are a coach will find you one way or another yeah i I, it's not that crazy at all i mean obviously it's going to garner headlines because of that the age i mean it's 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 an oddity but it's not crazy i mean you've got the the trent seaborn i think is his name that eighth grade prodigy down in alabama who is playing varsity and you know dropping dimes against guys four years older than him in nebraska was one of the many schools to offer him this last fall. It's if you're going to stand and the way that um, other prodigies, previous prodigies have kind of worked out the college game. It kind of, it think it lessens worries. And now coaches are saying, well, if we see this kid, if he's got it, you know, capital I T it in eighth grade, they're going to not hesitate to offer a scholarship as much now. And then they're going to try to stay invested you know, it kind of draws out the recruiting process over some years and they're, you know, not allowed to do certain things, take the, all the visits and everything until a couple of years later. But it, it, if you want to talk about relationship building, what this coaching staff likes to do starting early and in the eighth grade is a good way to do it. And if you get kind of 
that excitement for Nebraska football built in those kids at eighth grade, I think it kind of it, it helps out the program in a lot of ways. Brady, if you're taking a look at um, – will Nebraska, do you think, put themselves in a position where time will be of the essence to commit? Could you see – a class or the fervor being such that everybody's got to get all in in a certain amount of time? Um, it's it's really difficult to say because Nebraska still kind of is behind the eight ball a little bit. A lot of other schools have multiple, you know, 24 commits right now, and, and Nebraska just got its first one last week. But I think especially it's kind of a cop-out to say, but it, it all depends on – not all of it, but it largely depends on what happens with Dylan Rayola. I mean, if he were to commit – in May or or even in April, get ready for a multitude of, of commitments and Nebraska energy in the weeks that follow because that's that's the big domino to fall and guys want to follow that. Um, if he draws out his commitment, it might take a little bit of time and the coaching staff might get a little happy feet or a little bit concerned. But it's we, we've seen you know this. It doesn't take long for this coaching staff to garner a handful of recruits at a given time and. I definitely don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility this year either. Mm. Good tease. We'll talk about that more in our sports cleanup. Thanks, Brady. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, B.O.